Hi, I'm Hillary Gadsby. I am the founder of Boss Talks Network and the co-founder of Building a Boss Summit. And I am excited to share conversations with Pearl. I'm also here with my co-founder, Lindsay from Leo and Lane. She's the founder of Leo and Lane, a branding and digital marketing agency. Yes. Hello. Hey, everybody. This is Pearl, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Pearl. And you know, I am the owner of Women's Successful Living, and I always love to bring you guys empowering women that are going to help change your life. And today is no different. Today, I have two amazing women. We're going to have a lot of fun. So grab out your pens and paper, though, because you're going to want to take some notes because we're going to tell you about some stuff that you're going to want to be at. But first, let me introduce my two guests. First, I have Lindsay Crony, and she is the CEO and founder of Leo and Lane. She also serves as a lead creative director. In her role, Lindsay manages the day-to-day business operations of Leo and Lane and also works closely with the team to strategize, ideate, and develop content for her local and national clients. Lindsay started Leo and Lane with the promise to build an agency unlike any other, one in which one in which, sorry, fun and friendships reign supreme while providing best class creative solutions for her clients. Lindsay said goodbye to corporate America and the big name clients she served after 10 years. All the while, she was honing her craft in photography, graphic design, content development, and social media management as a side hustle. And finally, as her own venture as Leo and Lane in October of 2019. Now, Lindsay brings her creative specialities to each client under the Leo and Lane umbrella. Lindsay graduated from Ball State University with a degree in public relations. Prior to Leo and Lane, she worked in corporate marketing roles, including two creative agencies for more than 10 years, working on brands such as KitchenAid, some of my favorite stuff, Jet Air, Newell, Sharpie, Telephone, Surla Table, Baby Jogger, and more. The professional side of Lindsay loves embracing the female entrepreneur role and learning how to be successful business owners. She also has a passion for mentoring others and her favorite things about Leo and Lane are the people, including her all-female team and clients, along with the flexibility of fun that comes with it. Outside of Leo and Lane's world, Lindsay, a new mama-to-be, is obsessed with her husband, family, friends, and pets, and is addicted to traveling. Me too. Lindsay's philosophy is to work hard to get what you want out of life, but have fun while doing it. I am so excited we're going to be talking with Lindsay today as well. But we have another special lady with us, and that's Hillary Gadsby. Hillary created a speaker series in Los Angeles back in 2014, dedicated to showcasing accomplished women entrepreneurs who openly share their journeys of triumphs and setbacks. That platform also served as a dynamic space for women to connect, fostering opportunities for growth and collaboration. I love that stuff. Notably, this initiative catalyzed numerous success stories, one of which includes Nisi Levy, the visionary behind the cosmetic micro-treatment empire, Alchemy 43. Nikki's pivotal moment came when she attended the first Boss Talks event featuring Tony Ko, the founder of NYX Cosmetics. How cool is that? Who later became her first investor. From the moment, from the, from the foundation of that speaker series, Lindsay gave birth to Boss Talks Network. I'm so excited for you guys to learn about this today. A global mentorship platform designed to empower women entrepreneurs with invaluable mentorship, meaningful connections, and thriving community essential for their successes. Hillary's remarkable journey has earned her recognition in esteemed publications such as Forbes, and she has been featured in prominent media outlets like ABC, Fox, and Yahoo Finance Canada. Her overreaching mem- mission is to continue and contribute to the expansion of the global economic influence of women. And don't we need more of that? Hey, ladies, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. So we're going to dive right in because I want everybody to get to know you guys. I want them to hear all the great things that are coming. 
But I always like to start off with where we started. And that's when we were kids, right? When there's those little girls growing up, we had these big dreams, right? So what I would love to know is what was your childhood like? And how, looking back, how did that influence your journey today? So I'm going to each of you, you know, tag team that question. Sure. Um, So I've always been an entrepreneur. (laughs) I started when I was about 11 years old. I had a babysitting business, actually. So I'm, I'm from Sun Valley, Idaho, originally, which is a very prominent ski resort. And I was making about $20 an hour to be a babysitter for families. And unfortunately, I couldn't clone myself. So I ended up hiring some of my friends to babysit for the families. And I made a commission off of off of those babysitting jobs. Um, I've been a jewelry designer. I've made scrunchies. I've I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. And so um, I've always wanted to have my own, own business. I did do a stint in corporate for a little while and I absolutely hated it. And so um, I, I, I'm like the, uh, the serial entrepreneur since I was about 11. It's funny you say that, Hillary, because I say that about myself too, that I've always been an entrepreneur and you do, you, you hit a wall in corporate America when you're destined to be an entrepreneur, you just constantly finding ways to reinvent the job that you're in in corporate America. Yeah. And you're like, I, you're always saying to yourself, I could do this better. I could do this better. Um, so I'll piggyback on what Hillary, <laughs> yes, I'll piggyback on what Hillary said and echo that I was also always an entrepreneur. I remember going door to door in my neighborhood selling hair wraps. And so I had my string kit and I would just sit on the corner and wrap people fair. I was always finding ways to, um, yeah, just sort of build a small business. Um, it wasn't ever about the money for me when I was younger, as much as it was just about connecting and meeting people. And I could just talk your ear off. I was a major ham. My dad's got gobs of home videos, um, on the little cassettes that you have to stick into the adapter. And then, Oh, by the way, you need a VCR to play it. So good luck finding one of those nowadays. But, um, anyways, all of them that were, I was doing interviews and I was hosting talk shows and, um, so here we are today. I think that, yeah, our sounds like our childhood describe exactly why we're in this role now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm Lynn, so, you're still go ahead. ham. You're still <laughs> ham. <laughs> I'm yes, laughing because Hillary, I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I babysit very, very young. My parents, you know, they, they struggled income wise. So when I wanted to go shopping with my friends at the mall, my parents like, you have to go get a job. So at 13, I was babysitting, but Hillary, I mean, really, if I thought about that, I would have cloned some of my other friends too. I was turning people away, you know? So I would have done that. And then Lindsay, for me, the biggest thing I did because um, I, again, because of my parents' situation, I was always babysitting my brother and sister. So my biggest entrepreneurship was Girl Scout cookies, but I could, I could sell you no problem. I was always (laughs) top in the cookie world. In fact, when my boys became uh, Boy Scouts, like I was like, okay, we're going to win this competition. And my kids were like, I really don't want to sell popcorn. I go, oh no, no, you're going to sell popcorn. (laughs) We are going to get you that prize. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. It was so much fun. So what you guys said sort of leads to my next question. And that was like going from corporate to entrepreneurship, right? Because many, many women, I mean, I know when I did it too, I worked in a big telecom company um, in Northern Virginia. And when we, when we came here to Florida, I was like, you know, the, I didn't want to be the stay at home mom. I mean, I wanted to be home, but I didn't want to have that title. Just that that's all I was. Um, although it, it fell quickly, my part of my story is that I did became that title and I had to figure out in right. 2015, how to step into that entrepreneur world. But you know, many women are scared to do that because, you know, if, especially if they're on their own, like taking that leap from having that income, they know it's going to come in every month to like, I've got to go and, and have that uncomfortable feeling of it's now it's all on my shoulders. Right. So, you know, 
oftentimes like it's scary. So what were you guys like, where was that deciding factor for you? And then when you did it, like, what was some of the fear you had and how did you overcome it? So whoever wants to take it first. I'll go first. I think you, you need to find that inner confidence. Um, It's a small voice. Imposter syndrome is usually louder. Um, But for me, it took getting laid off from a job to finally be like, you know what, I I have to do this. I think I can do this. Um, But I I shouldn't say that because even then I got a couple other jobs just because I, the ball and chain of corporate America was still very tight around my ankle. Um, Stability, the steady paycheck, a 401k, insurance, things that I didn't think I could do if I was self-employed and running my own business, which in fact, you very much can do. And there's a lot of amazing things you discover when you're in control. Um, A lot of money that you find you can keep when you're in control. Uh, Things aren't as expensive as they appear when you have to pay for them yourself. You have options. Um, And so being laid off from an employer and really was was what they've said, what you've probably heard people say, it was the best thing that had ever happened to me. It's like when my parents kicked me out of the house and said, okay, it's time you live on your own. You know, (laughs) I didn't want to at the time, but it's what I needed to really know that I was capable of that. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's kind of my story. I I'm right there with you, Pearl, where like you're, you're scared to leave and then you realize you have to do it. But once you find the confidence and, and as cheesy as it sounds, you just believe in yourself, then crazy things happen. And you're like, it's not so far-fetched after all. Yeah. So Hillary, what about you take that? And then I've got some follow-up questions. So I, um, so like I said, I did do a stint of, of corporate. Um, but when I, I, in, I was in, um, I was in Paris and London doing in the fashion industry and working in, in corporate, corporate Europe, basically. Um, and then I moved out to California and I was working with a company in biz dev and I was helping them to build their business. So they were an event and concierge company and I was building their business here in Los Angeles. And I was at a, um, I was at a, a party and I met, a, uh, I met a client who happened to know someone that I used to live next to in Idaho. And we kind of hit it off and he was telling me that he was losing his marketing and events person um, because she was moving to San Diego and she was starting her own company. And so this was an accounting firm owner. And he, he said, well, I'm interested in, in learning more about, you know, the company you work for. So we were, we went down that whole path. And unfortunately the company that I was working with, we did not see eye to eye. And I called up that client. We hadn't signed a contract yet. I called up that client and he said, Hillary, I'm not interested in working for that company. I'm interested in working with you. And he, so he kind of pushed me to start what, my, what was called a Gadsby affair, which was my event production company back in 2008. And um, that is really how it started. He said, put a proposal together and send it to me. And I'll, um, and I put a proposal together. It was $50 less than the other one. And he hired me for seven events that year. And that's how, that's how my entrepreneurial journey as an adult started. Um, and, And I had a Gatsby affair for 10 years and then I got completely burned out because I couldn't find any women mentors to help me. Mm. And I turned to men and they're all about the hustle. They're all about working till you die basically. And, and the hustle and we, um, and women just do business differently. And so I think that my business would have been very different if I had had women mentors. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's at having a mentor, which is going to lead to my next question 
question um, that you said has been so pivotal for me. And looking back, I wish I would have had that mentor when I started because things, you know, I would I learned so much by not having that mentor, right? Um, yeah. So what I wrote down is like finding your options, um, belief in self, and then like you know, stepping into that belief. Cause sometimes we're so afraid to do, to do that. Right. We're, we yeah. like that fear holds us back. I love when I'm coaching my clients. I'm like, if you just give me one of your feet for right now, I'm going to help you bring the other foot with you, but you just got to trust me to put one foot in, just give me one foot in and let's, let's figure out where you want to go. And, you know, oftentimes when I work with my clients and that their mental fitness, though, they come in and they're like, well, I want to work, you know, we start with the wheel of life. I want to work in my finance. I'm like, well, let's see if it's really the right spot. And they look at me like, are you crazy? But once they start, you know, having that confidence and like believing in themselves that I need to work on my mental, my, my mindset before I can get to the finance piece, then they, they understand that we have to have things in place to get us where we want to go on that path. Right. Which leads me to my next question for you guys is what would you suggest? And I'm going to have each of you take this, Hillary, I'll let you take it first. What would you suggest are the top three things as an entrepreneur they should have in place when they're about to go off to that greater success of that entrepreneurship world? Um, well, I, I, I love mentorship. I mean, I, I built a global mentorship platform and so I love mentorship. I think that that is one of the most important things that you need as a business owner from even when you're starting out to when you're scaling, because there are different stages of entrepreneurship. So you, when you start out, you need one mentor. Then when you're in the middle of something and you're building and you're, and you're past those, those first five years and you're scaling and you're, and you're growing your business, you need a, a different person who knows what it means to scale and knows all of the problems that come with scaling. And so I think that that is the biggest thing for me is, is, is mentorship. And then also having the right connections that can take you to the next level, um, from even this, you know, startups, you know, you start networking, you start meeting people, you start building your quote unquote Rolodex. I'm dating myself because I'm 46, but, um, you know, I think that those are, those are the two things that are really important. And then also perseverance. You've got, you've got to be able to be resilient and persevere no matter what. And being an entrepreneur means constantly learning and constantly failing forward, if you will. I don't feel like we fail. I think we learn. And I think that that's really important to know that just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean that another isn't going to. So I love that you said fail forward. I, I'm in this network group on Wednesdays and it's um it's on, all online and there are speakers in there and you and what they do is you give a 10 minute presentation and they're giving, they call it um forward feed. Like, so, you know, don't feed back, just forward feed them. How do you move them forward and what they did? So I love that you call it fail forward. I have a client that I'm working with right now and she said the same thing. She, you know, she had a, somebody that said, well, why would you do that? Because why, if what, I'm going to fail, I'll learn, I'll fail forward. I'm like, I just love that comment. And, and um, go back to mentorship. My friend, Lisa Pulliam, she's probably listening to us. Um, she calls me your balcony people, like have your balcony people. So I love having my balcony mentors because you're right, Hillary, as you go through through your business, your mentors change because as you grow, you might need a different mentor. And it's so powerful, especially like I know when I went on my speaking world, I know that change. I need a totally different mentor for that versus building my business. So I love yeah. that you you share that and having right connections. Um, I have, I'm actually now on the board for uh, the nonprofit called Unsilenced Voices. Um, it helps with um, human trafficking, bringing awareness to domestic violence. And um, and I chased down Michelle in Las Vegas for this big, huge event. And I had heard about her. I've never met her. And I literally went and chased down her. I'm like, I need to 
to connect with you. I was told I need to connect with you. And she's like, who is this crazy lady? <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and we are the, we are the best of friends now. Like I said, I'm on her board. She lives 20 minutes from me. Um, and then her brother is actually staying with us now. My husband's mentoring her. So your world, th- those things that come in intertwine, you just don't know where it's going to bring you forward in those mentorships. So I love that you talk about having those right connections as well. All right. So I'm going to hand it off to Lindsay. You get the, what's the top three things you think as an entrepreneur starting out, we should have in place. I think number one would be your business backbone, meaning understand every angle of your business. So the business is not just always the fun stuff. I think in order to have a successful business, having an understanding of your finances, your bookkeeping, taxes, government stuff, hiring, PR, all things that go into creating a business aside from just creating a logo, starting a website and posting on Instagram. You know, there's a lot more to it. So the business backbone I feel is really important. Um, Number two, I would say is your network. So connecting with the right people and leaving the door open for new connections. Um, It's all about who you know. I think word of mouth, I can say, is our number one driver for new business. Um, And it's because we have a huge network, but we're also, we really nurture that network and we're really good to um, our clients, to our team and things like that. And then number three for me would be the confidence. So similar to perseverance, I think confidence is is huge in a successful entrepreneurship journey. Um, And if you believe in yourself and you have the confidence, I think not only can you catapult your business forward with confidence, but if you fail, you have the confidence that you can pick yourself back up. And um, what we'll get into a little bit as we describe our summit is you can reinvent yourself, right? You're not you're not just down for the count. You can really, if you have the confidence, you know that you can make it no matter what. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hard time with the tax one. So I'm my husband <laughs> is an accountant, an auditor. <laughs> and so if you have someone, <laughs> then you're good. You can yeah, say I don't I know. know. <laughs> I but I'm I so important. It really is important, but it really sucks when you live with them. <laughs> Oh, I, I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting, but no, it's, that's really true. It truly is a backbone. And to build on that too, I think it's also important too, like you talk about, you know, hiring and, and the type of things like to understand that's the one thing, Julie is my business coach. And I know you guys just talked to her before you hopped on with me. And that was the first thing I learned from her and working with her is like, do you really want to be doing that email or doing that task when maybe you can hire somebody else to do it? And you Absolutely. can, but it's in your zone, right? And I think that for me is one of the, along with you guys at number one. And um, and then the, the perseverance too, that confidence you guys talked about that, because that can be hard sometimes. Like you can like be having a week where my, your sales aren't there and you're like, what am I doing this? And, you know, and, and then you get, you get a client that says, Pearl, oh my gosh, I just had a conversation with my husband and that, that dining room table that I've been wanting, he finally said yes to it. It's like, yes, she's got her voice. She's using Small her voice, wind. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, or, or, you know, we, we have an annual pajama retreat, you know, we watch women come in and they're scared to be at an event where they wear no makeup and they're in their PJs all, all weekend long. And they're sharing a room and or bed with some lady they don't know. And they walk out and they're like the best of friends, you know, it's just those things like just warm your heart. So I just, I, I, I love, love that, that you guys shared all that. So let's talk about, um, Hillary, I want to go to you first. I want to talk about Boss Talks Network. And yes. I, I love that you created that speaker series back in 2014, right? And yes. and like empowering, I love what you said about empowering others with their failures and successes. Because yes. like we said earlier, like failing forward, you know, I think it's really important that we recognize that. And then Lindsay, you left that corporate world, right? To start the Leo and Lane agency and, and with a promise of, you know, uh, unlike any other, you've taken it and you share, you know, I, what I want to know is like, why was that the journey you, you chose versus, you know, step like you really stepped into you, both of your, your own uniqueness. So share with us, like, give us some of the, tell us some of the fail for your stuff from both of you. We'd love to hear that. And then what was some of your bi- biggest successes? 
Sure. So I um, I started the speaker series really because I couldn't find any women mentors and I wanted to pave that way for the next generation. And it wasn't supposed to be anything but a speaker series. But I ended up over the six years of having that speaker series, learned some really incredible things. We got a lot of data from the women that came to our events. We had 80 to 100 women every single every single month come to our events in LA. And one of the th- and three things we learned was they lacked mentorship, they lacked connections, and they lacked access to capital. And so I wanted to build something where these women would have all of that under one roof. And that's how Boss Talks was born. And we started it out as wanting to expand to other cities. And I had the fire under my I had the fire under me because and it's it's interesting what happens with um with with death. And and I lost my father in 2019 and he had always been my biggest cheerleader. I'm an only child and he'd always been my biggest cheerleader. And I was like, well if he's going to be continuing to be proud of me and looking down on me, I got to go big. I've got to do this because there are so many incredible things that are happening with these women at the speaker series, the connections that are happening, the business that's happening. And so I thought, okay, I need to make this bigger. And that's when the universe was like, okay, open up other chapters. And that's what we started to do. So we launched our membership in 2020, um, January of 2020. And we had Nikki Levy, who was the woman who got funding from Tony Co. So it was a full circle moment. We had her in January of 2020. We had another woman named Lizanne Falsetto who started Think Thin in February. And then when, when we knew that, uh, we were going to be in stay at home. We had no idea how long it was going to be, but I had an idea that it was going to be long. Um, I decided to pivot and decided we were planning on having a an online mentorship platform. Eventually, we were building that. What happened was we switched it. And so when the pandemic, when we, we had to do stay at home order and had to stay inside, we went completely virtual. And luckily, I had experience producing virtual events and we had 13 speakers on board within 48 hours to do the virtual series. And then we built Boss Talks from there and built an entire technology platform. And, you know, reinvention, I I have reinvented this business so many times. I've had different business partners and I've had a subscription box called the Boss Box, which didn't work out. I've had I've had so many different things where I've failed forward in a way um, at time to- at that time. I did feel like I failed, but then I remembered what my mother had said when I was younger. And she said, you can always get back up and start over. And so that's what I do. And I'm again, starting over in a way I'm reinventing what boss talks is. I'm a master connector and I want to make sure that women understand what it means to be a master connector and how to connect and how to create opportunities for themselves. And so that's where I am right now. And that's where boss talks going is, is more connections, more mentorship, and being able to provide that customized journey for each entrepreneur that comes into our space. I and I I love what you said, like you know, the hold the connections because that's so true. One of the things that I know, like here locally, that I struggle with is sometimes we get in that bubble. Like it's the same people all the time. It's like I don't I don't want to be. I love my community. I do a lot with my community, and they've poured into me. But I want to be bigger than just the local bubble here, right? And I love that you're you found a way to, especially we hear all these great stories with COVID, how it's pivot all of us in different ways. And I love that that you share that and the story about your dad. And for me, as um, as you know, and the audience knows, I lost my son last year in a tragic car accident. And one of the things in 2015, 
I was wearing the title so much of mom and, and wife and volunteer and you know all these titles. And I took a six-week identity and destiny course. And at the end, we had to give our I am statement. And I was still saying I was all these titles, right? And my friend I met in the course, she goes, who the heck are you, Pearl? And I'm like, oh, that's a good question. I haven't paid any attention for six weeks. What am I doing here? And so I decided I sent Matt off to college and reconnected with my younger son because he's so much like me, very independent. He can build computers, just a smart little whiz that he is. And so I decided I had to go on this journey. And I realized I was a people pleaser addict. Like you could tell me to come help you do your socks. And I probably would help you put them away and organize them, right? And But as I was doing that, and what reminded me, that's why I'm bringing this up, is you talk about making connections. I, I literally took a rock. I took a rock and had to move it three times a day to say no to something. So that when I said yes, I was showing up. And as I was doing that, I started really realizing that maybe Lindsay was a better fit than me at this event. So I'd be like, hey, Hillary, I, you know, I love what you're doing. It's just not a good fit for me. Let me introduce you to Lindsay, right? So yeah. as that was happening, I was like, I started connecting people. And so it was even much better. Or if it was something that I really wanted to do, I might've said to you, hey, Hillary, you know what? It's I love that idea. Right now, it's not a good fit. So next year, when you're putting it together, how about we reconnect and talk? But in the meantime, it's not, it's not a good fit for me. And I love yeah. that connection and that just like for you. So because I learned how to become what I call a shiro in my life, as I learned how to step into saying no to others and yes to myself, I became stronger. I became happier. I became empowered to do things I don't think I would have ever done other than zip lining. I won't do that. Um, but I became, <laughs> I became more radiant. I'd walk in a room. People were like, what's so different about you? Right. And then I became really that original person I was meant to be that I was brought here to be and connecting and coaching and things like that. And so one of the blessings that you brought up your dad was, I remember the day before Matt passed, we we're throwing water bottles in the garage. And he's like, mom, I'm so proud of you for just like doing things you want to do. And you just go where you want to go. And it was such a blessing, you know? And I, I so... For me, I look sort of like what you said about your dad. I'm like, I get up every day knowing I, I could sit in my bed and probably cry my life away. My friends would be like, "That's she's lost her son. That's normal. But he didn't see me live that way. So I need to continue living the way he saw me live. And I have a son who just got engaged and things are happening in his life, right? So I need to be present. So I love that you reminded of this. We have to be present in, in our life and, and making those connections. But also like, and that was one of the other things too. He said to me, he goes, I've watched you mom have to cut off a friend who our ethics no longer align. Like you talked about having different partners. I've watched you had to say to Papa that he can't be in a life in your life anymore because he became racist towards my son. Like I had to make big decisions. And he would say, but you still like show up like this, like nothing's on bothering you. And I'm like, things bother me. I just don't let it take over me. Right. I process it. I journal. I meditate. So I, you know, I, I love that for him, he got to see that. And I, that's what I love to share with the women I work with. So I love that you talk about that, like getting your mom said, get back up, right? Get back up. And so I love that you, you know, remind us of that. So Lindsay, I'm going to pass it to you, you know, for you, what was it for you? And what were some of your fail forwards that you, that you walked through? I think for me, um, when I was constantly in a role that I was trying to do differently or do better. Um, I, I was always told like, stay in your lane, you know, you're on the account side, you can't be creative or you might have an, a creative opinion, but you weren't hired to give that opinion. And so when I started my own agency, it was really about saying you can be in whatever lane you're in. You can work at whatever time of day is your best flow state. 
you know, we can choose who we want to work with as our client. We don't just have to say yes with any to anyone who waves big dollar bills in our face. We're not order takers. We're collaborators. We're partners. Um, we want to be your friends. We don't, we vow to not work with anyone who we wouldn't be friends with outside of the work we do. Um, we make lifelong friendships. Even if we're no longer working with certain clients that we had years back, we still stay in touch. And we're just really passionate about delivering that different kind of experience. Um, Pearl, I love, I kind of resonate with what you were just talking about, about saying no to make room for the yeses for yourself. And there's a book and can we cuss on this podcast? Okay. It's called, the, it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And I don't know if you've read that, but you know, we, it, it talks about how you have very few, excuse my French fuck to give and that, you know, a, a arguing a coupon in line at the grocery store is not one of them. You know, we have so few. And so to really reserve those for things that you're extremely passionate about and that make a big difference in your life. And I think the story of your sons and the the no's that you've had to say along the way to just make a better you is really, really impactful. And um, I know in my bio, I said mama to be, I need to update that. I just had my baby six months ago. So when I hear stuff like that, I mean, I could have just burst into tears. I think, you know, it really changes you and it gives you new purpose um, in life and in your business. And um, my heart goes out to you, but I, I really think that's um, so inspiring that you are here and you're thriving and you're living because you're exactly right. Like you wouldn't want to look down and see his mom, yeah. you know, in the fetal position in bed crying every day. So right, yeah, it's so true. And and I was funny about your bio. I was like, I swear, I think she's had a baby, but, that's not, but, <laughs> but I was like, well, she already had. Maybe she's pregnant again, so I'm not going to say anything. You know? so, I'm not going to. Oh no, and she's very much here and kicking and babbling and all the things. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, congratulations yeah. on her as well. Thank you. I like what you said too about you know we don't have to say yes to everybody. Everybody's not our client, right? I remember when I just concentrated on weight loss. Like when I started my business, it was just a weight loss program. And people would come in and I'm like, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. I don't tell them. They would get mad. They're like, why? I'm like, because, you know, just based on what you're saying, I don't think that the commitment that I can give you, you're ready for that commitment yet, yeah. you know? And mm -hmm. so I would have that conversation. And um, and then even when I was training with the person I trained on their last, um, with my weight loss clinic that I trained at, I would have people come off the person who trained me, who owned the clinic onto my schedule because they would say, Pearl, like if they deviate it, they would say, you just like, help me understand why I deviate. You didn't make me feel like my mom yelling at me, right? I'm like, well, yeah. I can't change it. You've already had the deviation, but let's talk about the emotion, right? And so she would be like, why do you do that? I'm like, well, that's just who I am. This is my lane. <laughs> I do it in. You do it what you want to do it. It works for people. Yeah. But for me, it doesn't work for me. But I'd like that you said that too about staying our lane. And I am going to find that book. I wrote it down because I, I was like, <laughs> I need to so find good. it. It's so good. It's definitely. It's really good. I'll, I'll give it to you when we see each other at the summit. You can borrow my yeah, copy. Absolutely. But I think so let's switch to the summit because you, oh, you kind of, you guys already sort of answer my question, why the summit It's called building a boss summit. Um, and you've kind of shared some of your additional goals. So I'm excited you guys are coming to Tampa, but I would like to know why Tampa, like, yeah. I know you're going to other cities. So share to what other cities you're going to, but why Tampa? So Tampa is, I've, I found that in 2020, you guys were named one of the fastest growing cities for women entrepreneurs in the country. And Boss Talks likes to be in places where women are making changes, where women are movers and shakers, where it's not as saturated like New York or LA. It's it's more there's up and coming women that are happening, that are making moves. And that's why we chose Tampa. We also have a chapter there. We have a local chapter in Tampa. Tampa, our Boss Talk Tampa chapter. And um, Bria and Jenna are incredible leaders of that chapter. 
And we, that's why we're doing Tampa because it, it, it is such a melting pot for women entrepreneurs. And with this, this, um, venue that we chose in Bark Collective, they are all about innovation and entrepreneurship. And it was the perfect venue for us. And why not Tampa in March? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, uh, you know, you can escape this. You can escape the snow and the rain. Yes. And, and go yeah, to the I know. Join us under palm trees. <laughs> Lindsay's a little cold there right now, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's so cool to know that my, our city is that up and coming and I, I see it and I definitely am going to connect with the local chapter here um, because I love that you you're coming and you're pouring into us. And oftentimes like we have people come and they pour in or, you know, uh, you know, we go, we see these events, like these summits and stuff like that. Right. And and I've gone to a couple of them and I leave, I'm like, well, that was great, but now what? Right. So, so I I love that you're doing that. Love you have a chapter here, but what I want to know is what would you say to that, you know, to empower that female that's like listening to us and they're, they're, you know, our conversation, they, they're seeing the summit on social media, they're watching you post on and everywhere, but they're thinking about coming, but they're hesitant because, you know, she's been to so many summits and she's like, why should I grab my ticket to your summit? So tell us why we should come to your summit. Of course, because I'm going to be there, but then you guys are going to be there, but what <laughs> <Yeah>. else? <laughs> to come meet Pearl. Um, no, I think what's unique about our summit, because I've attended several and I met Hillary at one I attended, but I think What's unique about ours is it's very intimate and it's very, it's curated with a lot of intention. And so when we talk about building a boss, we're going to take you on that journey from the mindset to your digital storefront, to your brand, to the tools that you need. We're going to introduce you to people who are very influential, um, not only just on our influencer panel, but also influential in making a difference in your journey, whatever stage you may be at. Um, being in a room with 120 women is is such a unique, close, intimate number and the ability to have actual conversations. I've attended summits that were smaller than that. And um, there was a lot of good there, but it, it, you know, it was too small that it lacked some of the meat. And then I've attended summits and conferences that were larger than that, that were throwing everything at you on stage, but you lacked that ability to truly and genuinely connect with other women in the industry. You had to stand in line just to get a book signed by the speaker and then on you went, you know? So I love that this is sort of that sweet spot right in the middle to where you've got a lot of meat on stage, um, a lot of ability to attend working sessions and lunch and learns and learn new skills and traits, but also there's really intimate time to connect with others who have attended as well um, and to build long lasting relationships, to exchange contact information and to really turn this summit into long form connections. Yeah. So Hillary, you go, you answer that too. And then I'm going to piggyback on you guys. I actually don't need to answer it. Lindsay actually was very good and eloquently put. Um, but, but. I want to make sure you didn't want to add anything else. Here. So I, I love that that's what you guys are putting together because like you said, Lindsay, I've been to those events. Like it's like too much me. I'm like, where do I, like, where do I start versus yeah. I want it more, but I don't have more. And I, and I know like when I put my retreats together, that's one of the things I think about is do I have too many speakers for the weekend? I, you know, and we're small, like we've, this year we grew from 12 to 24. So I still want to make sure I'm intimate with the ones that are used to just being small, but I have to grow too, right? I want to reach more. And um, and so that intentional, that being intimate and intentional, like for me, that's important to me. And I know many women that I, I work with and or have connected to here in Tampa, that's one of the reasons why when we start looking at 
you know, we, we look at our chambers and things like that. You hear, well, I'm not going to do that because it's the same old, same old, right? It's nothing new, yeah. right? And so I love that that you are you're forward thinking about how do we how do we make it intimate but meaty, like you were saying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then also that I can I can walk away with some great connections too. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm doing and um, I'm really excited we're launching next year is I took a vintage camper and I create a mobile living room with it. So my goal is to go around the country with her and stop, you know, call it a, a women's network group and be like, hey, bring your top 10 people that are connected with you in your group. Let's sit in and have conversations. I and then what that. I, yeah, it's good. It's really cool. And then what we're going to do. So like in Tampa, we're going to bring, um, we call them pop and pearl swag bags and we want to exchange them. So you and I maybe do the same business, but let's exchange and how can we support one another? And I feel yeah. like that's, yeah. And I feel like that's what you guys are bringing. It's like, let's bring some women together. Let's make those connections. Let's give them some tools and, and, you know, help them with that. Like, like when you talk about the intimacy and, and having the ability to walk away with, with the next steps, right. With some things I can do. So that's my next question for you is I'm heading home from the summit. I've had a great time at the summit. Great, amazing speakers. You guys were awesome. But what are some of the takeaways you're hoping that I walk home with, um, from the summit? Um, we hope that you're going to be taking away things that you can implement immediately into your business. And with Boss Talks, we'll be able to help you do that. Um, you know, Lindsay and her team are, you know, they're mentors for Boss Talks. And they're, um, you know, if there's, if you learn something in the branding session, the workshop that Lindsay does, you can always reach out to her and say, I'm, you know, I have some more questions. And and that's one of the things that's really great about being such an intimate summit is that you could actually reach out to these people and ask them more questions, ask them for a 15 minute conversation, pick their, you know, pick their brain a little bit on, um, on what you learned. And I think that that's really important. But I also think that, you know, we're, we're not having speakers just from Tampa, we're having speakers from all over the country, actually, people are flying in from all over the country. And so it's not just Tampa, it's not just Tampa focused women entrepreneurs, there is a panel that is called the Tampa power panel, which is movers and shakers and trailblazers in Tampa. That is one, but other panels and other workshops are from people coming in from Texas, from Connecticut, from, you know, from Los Angeles, Chicago, there's so many different women that, and you don't necessarily get that with every conference. Um, especially I, I I noticed there are some conferences in Tampa, but I haven't seen, I, I, I didn't, I saw that they were mostly women in Tampa. So these women who come to the summit will meet people from all over the country and be able to connect with them both in person and virtually. Mm-hmm. And and I love that. That's one of the reasons why when you know I heard about it and and Brooke introduced us, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so what I've been looking for. It's like I lo- like I said, I love my little community. I do a lot in my community. My community has done so much for me personally as well when we lost our son. But I want more. I want to be able to reach out and you know and and be t- a connecting with somebody that's not right here that maybe you know can mentor me or I can mentor them. And I think that's exactly what you're bringing. And and I'm excited you guys are coming. So uh, let's talk about the speakers for a minute. Would you just share some of the speakers that are coming? Because I know some of them are coming, like you said, from Miami. I know one coming from Connecticut. So share yeah. share with us some of your speakers you want to highlight with us. Sure. Um, so we have three keynote speakers. <laughs> the first, um, the first keynote speaker is Gabby Abrams. She is going to be talking about mindset. She's going to be talking about the subconscious. And because as entrepreneurs, we 
we tend to self-sabotage. Um, we self-sabotage when it comes to our worth, when it comes to our confidence. And so she's going to be opening up the summit with an incredible talk on mindset and the subconscious mind. Um, then we have an incredible entrepreneur. Um, she's a newer entrepreneur, actually. Her name is Cheval. You might know her as Haley Page. She was on Say Yes to the Dress. She used to be a bridal designer. I've been following her for quite some time. I ended up sending her a DM on Instagram and asking her to be our speaker. And she immediately said yes. She thought it was such a great opportunity, but she's all about reinvention. Um, She had to change her name because she was not allowed to use Haley Page in commerce Um, because of the employer that she used to work for. There's a big lawsuit going on. And so unfortunately, she had to completely change who she was. So she's not allowed to do bridal design. So she created a shoe line and it's called She is Cheval and she's going to be our midday keynote speaker. I'll be interviewing her in a fireside chat and really hearing her story of perseverance and and what she's done to overcome the trials and tribulations that she's had to had to deal with the last few years and talk about her nonprofit, which is called A Girl You Might Know Foundation, which provides legal assistance and education for creatives and entrepreneurs who are underserved, who may need that. So she's she's going to be an incredible speaker. You're also going to be able to buy her shoes and anybody who buys her shoes, she'll sign the bottom of them. So the designer herself will sign the bottom of them. So that'll be really fun. And then we also have a closing speaker, um, keynote speaker, Sandy Glant, she is um, she is a performance coach. And what she is going to be talking about is how you slay your day. And so she wrote a book called Slay Your Day. And it's really all about how to how to how to be intentional with your day and make the most revenue, but also make the most impact. And so she's going to be pretty incredible. And I'll let Lindsay talk more about other speakers too. Well, and I think too, we I sort of want to save some too for the big day and, and not tell you about everything, but to just give a quick overview, because I know also we're we're approaching time. We have a Tampa Power panel, like Hillary mentioned, we've got an influencer panel. And what's unique about that is that it's not just about social media influencers. It's about the influence you have as an entrepreneur and the influential community that you build and the community and how they serve you and how you serve them. So that'll be super key. I, I think, what are we up to now on that panel? Four, five, six, it's growing. Like, <laughs> there's eight. a lesson. Eight. <laughs> there's <Okay>. eight women. <laughs> Last I checked. So we're now at eight on that one. Um, people are just, women are coming out of the woodwork, um, inspired to speak and to say something. And I'll mention a couple other ones, but um, everyone we have on stage is aspirational, but approachable. And so going back to that, like we've all attended conferences and summits where the speaker will stand up there and they're like, DM me. Well, I did that. I was sitting in the audience. I DM'd and I'm sure it got lost in a sea of requests by their assistant who manages it. You know, it's like they're not at the end of the day, they're so aspirational, but they're not approachable. Here, every single one of our speakers is very approachable, um, very just genuine and passionate about what they're speaking on. Um, We have a team flying in from Chicago who owns a PR agency. They're going to talk all about their trade and how that impacts your entrepreneurship journey. Uh, We'll be doing a branding workshop. We'll talk about chat GPT and AI and those services. We'll have lunch and learns. I mean, honestly, there's too many, I think, to name. We have 23 speakers. And we keep like widening the timeline to fit them all. Um, but we've also got some really incredible sponsors, which um, every, from small businesses who have said, yes, this is worth investing in to larger corporations who have said, yes, this is worth investing in. So it's really cool to see Icelandic 
water and Red Bull, but also Aaron and Otto, a small custom apparel company um, and how they come together to really just support women entrepreneurs in this space and the whole mindset behind building a boss. I'm glad you said that too, because I was looking at the sponsors like, this is so cool. Like the big and then, you know, it's it's so far reaching. And I think that for the listeners that are listening, I think we have to remember that because it is so far reaching. And like you said, approachable, like you guys have been so approachable through the whole process. And it's just been a great process getting to know you guys and and watch it start to unfold, you know, and and then your your vision of it too. It's very heartwarming to know that somebody wants to come in and like, make sure you're having those approachable connections. Because I've been at one where they go text five digit numbers of this one and let's connect am I going I don't want to no. do that I want to walk up <laughs> yeah. to you and be like and it's hey. not really you no it's, it's not really me. us on the other side of this like we are the ones dming you if I give a phone number out of the summit it's my personal phone number it's not right. some automated robot set up on my website like right and I think that that's that's the community that we want to be a part of and that's the the really the message that we want to get out with the building a boss summit is that this is an approachable, genuine, passionate community. We're all chasing the same goals and dreams. And we want to just support one another and be a network because I think entrepreneurship can be very isolating. Like we all sit in our home office and we just do do all day long. And so the ability to like sign off, but still connect with people or throughout the day to hop on the podcast interviews and meet people that way. I think it's so powerful. I I so agree with you. And when you said shoes, I'm like, so I have a friend of mine. She helped me design my um my trailer. She's a designer. She came to me. She goes, who do you know that has designed a shoe? So now I'm going to be like, you have to come to the summit because I'm going to make yes. sure you get introduced to so-and-so. So I'm, yeah. When you so, buy your ticket, we ask your shoe size. So oh, yeah. that's so cool. So yeah. I'm going to tell her, I'm going to be like, okay, Michelle, you need to come. So I'm going to make sure yes. she knows all about it. Um, when I go to my network group next week, this has been so much fun. So before we go to the cards, um, one of you guys can decide who's going to do it, but how does somebody get cool. a ticket to the event? So you can go to buildingabossummit.com. Um, everything's there from all of our sponsors to our speakers, the details of the event, the time of the, uh, the agenda and the layout of the day, but also buy tickets is everywhere on there. So you can go there to get your tickets. Right now we're running some pretty big promos. Not only do we have our early bird special that's still live, but we're also running a business bestie promo. So if you want to buy one and you want to bring your best friend, because why not? Then you'll receive $50 off your second ticket. Um, if We also are running the tribe ticks. So if you've got a small team um, and you want to bring your whole team to attend this conference, then the tribe ticks is by four, get the fifth one free, essentially. So those are live for a little bit longer. I would definitely go in there now and scoop them up before they're gone. And then yeah, March 2nd is the summit. So we're super excited. It's right around the corner. Yeah. And it's only, it's only for a general admission ticket. It's only $179 right now. It's not for an all day event with, and it includes lunch and it includes a networking, you know, networking and non-alcoholic cocktails at the end. Like it's, 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 it's so inclusive of everything for just $179. And, and I'm sure Pearl, your husband will say it's a write-off. It's a business write-off. So, you know, I can say that because you have a husband that's an account. So Absolutely. It was definitely a business right up. And you're right. Like what, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, lunch is included. Like I don't have to, I usually, everywhere I go, I bring like a little cooler. So I have what I want to eat with me. I don't have yeah. to bring my own cooler with me. This is like an endless hydration between Icelandic recess, Red Bull. Like right. you're not going to go thirsty. <laughs> no. Exactly. I love it. This has been so, so much fun. I'm glad we got to have you guys on and, and we'll put everything in the show notes as well. Um, But it's been great getting to know you guys. I can't wait to get to know you guys more. Yeah. So we're going to switch over to the cards real quick. So um, Lindsay, you tell me when to stop shuffling and then that way Hillary can blame you for the card you pick. (laughs) Oh God, okay. All right, here we go. Tell me when to stop. Stop. All right. So your question is, what is my intention? So you guys can each take the question. What is your intention? 
You want to go first, Hillary? Sure. So so you got to go first. (laughs) My, my, my intention in my entire life is to connect women to opportunity. That is my intention. My intention is to create a space, which I've already done, but create a space in everywhere I go where women connect with each other, where there's opportunities that happen, whether you find your new best friend or you find a business partner or you find a client. That is what my intention will always be. I love that. And my intention would be to prove that there's a different way of doing business, of running a business, of starting a business, to prove that you can be friends with your employees um, or your teammates, to prove that you can be lifelong friends with your clients, to prove that you don't have a lane that you have to stay in. You can actually send the invoice and show up and be the photographer and edit the social media captions. You can do a little bit of everything. Um, and to just prove there's a different way. It's not, it's, you know, it's not all the same and um, you can sort of break the status quo. I love that. Both of you like touch my heartstrings. So connections, because that's all that I'm about. I love finding a way to connect and, and things like that. And Lindsay, what you said about um about doing things differently, you can be, you know, friends with your employees and stuff. I had the best, best example, and he's a man of what it was like to lead a team. Excuse me. So his name is Jim Macklin. So he's listening. I love you, Jim. Um, we were never allowed to call him boss. We were a team. Um, I started with him in the mortgage industry. I did processing. Um, and my loan officers were all fading out. They either weren't performing, so they'd be either quitting or they'd be, you know, things change. I was like eight months pregnant and went off to New York to go to my bridal baby shower with my husband's family, come back. He goes, Oh, you have no loan officers. You're gonna go be the loan officer at this Caldwell Banker office, which these agents were like, I, I prospered for them. So I knew what they were amazing people, but they are very particular. And I was like going, what if I don't want to do that? He goes, Oh no, Chuck and I talked, you're going to go do it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm like eight months pregnant, Macklin. Like seriously. And he goes, Oh, they're going to love you. They're going to be like little grandmas. Right. And he was so right. They became like these little grandmas. And the funny thing was, um, what I would sit in this little cubicle and they'd come around and they'd look, and I used to process loans for their clients with their previous loan officer. And they'd come over, they go, Oh, you're still here. And I'm like going, I'm still here. And they're like, finally, after about a week of this, I'm like, why do you guys still ask me still here? And they said, oh, because the last guy, he was either fishing or golfing. I'm like, well, I don't like to go fishing. And because I can't (laughs) swim, if I fall in the water, I can't swim. And if I learn golfing, Chuck will make me quit because it's too expensive for him. Right. So, you know, so he was the best, like you don't call him team. I mean, even living here in Florida, like he still checks on me, comes down here. Like I've been here 17 years in Florida. I haven't worked for him in almost 17 years. And he's like been the biggest influence in my life. And I love that you said that to be those friends, right? Because that's, that's so powerful. And and I love that everything you guys are doing. I'm so excited for having you guys come to Tampa. I can't wait for everybody to get their tickets. You should have by now written everything down, but we're having a show notes. And if you follow me on social media, you're going to see all the posting about it. So you'll have no reason not to grab your ticket because you should have be able to do that. And um, I just want to thank you ladies for coming in and joining us today. And um, as we sign off, I want to remind everybody that you come into this world, you're a little rough on the outside. You've got this oyster you got to open up. But as you open the oyster, you find your inner pearly greatness. And these ladies are finding their inner pearly greatness. And I hope you go out and do the same today. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Pearl Sharenza and I'm with Women Successful Living. And I want to tell you a little story. You see, once upon a time in the middle of COVID, I noticed that more and more women were overwhelmed. We were having to balance households. We're having to become teachers. We're having to work our job while we're trying to become a teacher. We were sitting in our home with our children and our spouses or our loved ones and feeling overwhelmed. We were lost for where we're going to find space in our own house. So I was feeling that this overwhelm was stressing women out more, that they felt like they could not have a Calgon take me away moment. 
They felt like everywhere they turned, somebody in the house would find them or their job wanted them on another Zoom meeting. And I just felt so sorry for these women as I spoke with them and felt the pain because I too was feeling sorry. I was feeling sorry that I couldn't go out and do the things I love to do. I could go out, yes, and take a walk and sit on my front swing, but I couldn't go to the community meetings and the fundraiser functions or go have lunch with a friend or go to the movies with my husband or just take a, a moment away from everything that we're responsible for as moms and wives in our homes, right? You become that CEO mom and you're running a household. But then if you're working outside of the household, not only are you a CEO mom, and if you're asking what a CEO mom is, that's a mom who is running the household. Because let me tell you, you're not sitting around eating bonbons every day. You truly are running a business of a home. But then maybe you also work outside of the home. And here you are, you're trying to balance working in the home, working outside the home. And then maybe you have children and you're having to learn how to become a teacher because bless our teachers, they are trying to learn a whole new way of teaching through Zoom. And so as I spoke to the women in my community and my clients, I found they were also feeling all this overwhelm. They were becoming stressed. They were sitting in, in the home with all their children and their spouse and they're going, I'm with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I love you, but I don't love you that much. Were you feeling that way too? So I found as they were feeling this way that I had to do something. And every day, about a month after into the pandemic, I decided to try something new. I decided to create a space where we could meet via Zoom. And yes, I know another Zoom meeting, really Pearl, but I just knew that was the only way that we could get together. And the rule was you had to go in a room where you could put a note in the door and say, I'm on a break. I'm on a timeout. Whatever you want to call it, you can make that note on your door. Because really we have to take time for ourselves in order to really take time and care for our family, our loved ones and our job the way we know we want to and we need to. So what I did is I created what we called our self-care Sunday evening. And it actually became Shiro's is what we ended up naming it. Because we as women, we are the hero of the house. We're the hero of everything we do for our family, our friends, our job, our, whatever that is that you're responsible for, right? But are you really the hero for yourself? So that became important to me. So one day I decided I want to pour into these women. So I brought them together on a Zoom meeting. We met Sunday evening, 8 p.m. We finished up by 9 p.m. We just had conversations. What was challenging them? What was the pandemic bringing up for them? How were they doing mentally? Were, were they doing something to take care of themselves? And if you heard me before, I say bathtubs and taking baths are not self-care, but really during the pandemic, sometimes that's all you could do was get in a tub with bubbles and take a few minutes for yourself, right? So as we poured into them, I, I noticed that they were starting to enjoy the self-care. They were starting to be less stressed. They were starting to communicate better with their family and their, and their loved ones because they could communicate why they were taking time for themselves. They were able to communicate that it's not that I don't love being with you. It's that because I love you so much, I need time for myself. So on Sunday evenings, we worked on things about self-care challenges. We created a challenge of self-care where every day they had to do something. It could be something that took them one minute or if they wanted to, it could be something that took them an hour, but it was their job to do something for themselves every single day. And then because of that, they they saw that their family, they were worried that their family might feel 
make them feel guilty. So we started incorporating ways that they could do self-care for ourselves as we also did something with our family, right? So in some cases, we found that we were sitting, we had moms sitting and just watching TV, silly cartoons with their children, that's self-care, right? Or maybe playing a puzzle game or putting a puzzle together. And then when it came to their spouses, we found that they were sitting and finding movies on Netflix or writing, playing cards, or even we gave them a challenge. We have a friend that has these great cards they are called Better Questions, Better Life. We even would pull a card and have a discussion with our loved one around that card. And then as they were working from home, some of the, our, our professional women were finding that their jobs were having much more demand on them. But because they were home, they could actually kind of have more time they could grab for them. Oh, well, you're home all day long, so you really don't need to take a break. So they started finding that some of their jobs and their bosses were expecting them to give more. So we talked about how to set boundaries around our schedules. We talked about how to set boundaries around how much we want to be on Zoom. And as we did that, we found that the women were less stressed and they were actually performing their job performance better. They were having better and more improved relationships with their loved one, with their children. And some of them also had family that were in nursing homes. So we were creative on how to spend that time with their loved ones, but also making sure that they were taking care of themselves. So as we did this, I saw that it was a need that needed to continue. So even though the pandemic, is, as we know it today, is over, I found that the women loved this so much, we needed to continue this. And who knew that three years ago when I started this, that it would grow into what we have today, this amazing community of women that we still meet every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. We talk about things that bring us joy. We talk about challenges we're having in our lives. We're talking about things we're having to overcome. We have some women that are struggling in their marriages. We're talking about how we pour into them and how to help them work through communication. We have amazing, amazing guest speakers that come in every month. We've had Jane Pilker come in and talk up to us about our mind and the neurological part of our mind when it comes to our eating and our health and sugar and how it affects our body. We've had Seth and Tora come in and talk to us about the smile method and how we have things such as just the smile within us that can make things like mock acceptance where we're accepting things because we think we have to accept them. Like for instance, my loss of my son, Matthew, I never knew that when I created this group three years ago, almost now, how much I needed these women. And because I have this community of women around me, I met Seth and Seth taught me about mock acceptance. And he taught me that, yes, I was accepting the loss of my son, but I wasn't truly believing that he was lost. And I was sort of like going through the motions. So ever since I have put this group together, this community of women, we have watched the women flourish. We have watched them have less stress. We've watched them communicate better with their loved ones. We've watched them put boundaries around their self-care so that they can achieve the things they want to, so that they can put their cape on first as they pour into their family even better. And ever since we've started this self-care Shiro group, it has grown where we now at our retreats, we have women joining us during our retreats. We meet every year. We have a retreat in September. It's a pajama retreat. You come in your PJs, no makeup. You have about four days at the beach, sometimes the mountains, depending on the year. We just have sessions and breakout 
groups on how do we improve on our self-care? How do we continue to communicate our needs to our loved ones? How do we find what our goals are and our visions are? And how do we bring those to fruition? Because how many of you ever sat back and said, I have this big goal and I really want to do it, but nobody believes I can do it. I want you to know that we believe in you. We know that you can do it. And so if this is something that you want to learn more about and come and enjoy a great way to end your week and begin your week, I would love for you to join us because on top of our speakers, we also have an amazing meditation coach where she empowers us to sit down and just take some quiet time for ourselves and just be in our own space as we reflect on what we truly want within. And I am so honored to watch the progress and the growth that the women in this community have accomplished. And I cannot wait to see what's coming up for all of them and hopefully for you. And if this is something you would love to learn more about, I would love to invite you to come and visit us one Sunday evening. Like I said, it's a great way to end your week and a great way to start your week. What better to know that you've got a balcony of people sitting and waiting for you to join them, have a cup of tea maybe, and just do some laughing, maybe a little crying, but no matter what, know that you've got a girlfriend there to have your back. So if you're ready to check out the Shira League, I would love for you to join us. All you have to do is email me at pearl at wsliving.com. That's pearl at wsliving.com. And I would love to connect you. I hope today you know that we've all come into this world. We're a little oyster. We might be a little rough on the outside, but on the inside, you have a pearl. And I hope you find your pearl to greatness today as you become the Shiro I know you are. My name is Pearl Sorenza. Do you know what your score is for your self-care? Find out today. Go to pearlssurvey.com. That's pearlssurvey.com and see what your score is today. 